Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived at our webpage, you can find links to our Boomers General Store, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and so much more. Please visit. You can also contact us at babyboomertales at gmail.com. I can't promise I'll write you back, but I do promise that I will read them each and every email. Thank you for coming along today. This episode promises to be filled with excitement and wonder, taking you to places you never even thought were possible. Or maybe I'll just tell a little story, a little tale. Sit back in your easy chair and try to stay awake. Just kidding, just kidding. Here's a new thing we're doing here called the Song of the Week. Trying to feature a new song, a new old song, every week. This one is from 1968. The title of it is Master Jack by Four Jacks and a Jill, written by David Marks. Four Jacks and a Jill were a South African group. The message this song conveys is a little sketchy as I did a little research on it. It could have political connotations there in South Africa, or it could be about a laborer that went out on his own and wanted to become something other than a laborer. And he's speaking to his boss. It was number one in South Africa in 68 and in Canada. It climbed as far up as number 18 on the Billboard 100 in the good old U.S. of A. It's a very strange world, and I thank you. Bom, bom, bom. Now for a segment we call Forky and Earl. One day in August, a long, long time ago, Forky said to Earl, Earl, it's going to rain tonight, and tomorrow I'll have a lot of money to buy baseball cards, Earl said. Why would you have a lot of money if it rains tonight, Forky? Forky said, Earl, I always go out on the street at the crack of dawn after it rained at night, and I pick up night crawlers, and I go all over the streets and the sidewalks and the driveways, and I pick up night crawlers, and then I go to Wiggs, and I sell him my night crawlers, and he gives me money, and then I can buy baseball cards, Earl, Earl said. Why haven't I ever heard about this before, Forky? And Forky said, because, Earl. You don't want to get up at the crack of dawn and look for a bunch of nightcrawlers? Earl said. Are they nightcrawlers or worms, Forky? Forky said. They're nightcrawlers, Earl, and they're big, and they're long, and they're fat, and Wiggs gives me a lot of money for them. Earl said. Can I look for nightcrawlers with you, Forky? Forky said. Good luck getting up, Earl. I'll be leaving at dawn. Earl said. I'll be there, Forky. I'll be there. Well, Earl went home and did a very strange thing. He asked his dad to wake him up at the crack of dawn. That was not a problem for Earl's dad because he was always up at the crack of dawn, frying eggs and listening to Pete Smythe's general store on the AM radio. Well, the next morning, Earl's dad woke him up. and Earl says, I want to sleep. 
Earl's dad said, whatever, get up, I'll feed you an egg. So Earl got up, he ate an egg, and he stumbled down the hill to Forky's house, and Forky was walking outside right when Earl got there. Forky said, you're late, Earl. Earl said, but it's still kind of dark, Forky. Forky said, we got to get the night crawlers before they go back into their hole. And Forky and one of his brothers and Earl and a couple of the kids from across Main Street went out looking for night crawlers. And Forky was picking up night crawlers left and right. And Earl picked up a few and said, Forky, this is a lot of work. And Forky said, that's why I never tell you about this, Earl. So Earl whined and complained and picked up a few night crawlers while Forky was picking the night crawlers up left and right and right and left and checking the phone booths while he was at it for spare change and the change return. And Earl says, I'm all wore out, Forky. Forky said, we got to keep picking them up until the sun comes up. Then they go away, Earl. So they did that. And then Forky said, come over my house, Earl. We'll wait for wigs to open up. So Forky and Earl went over to Forky's house, went up the stairs at the lodge and into Forky's room. And Earl said, how many do you think you got, Forky? Forky said, I got several hundred, Earl. How many do you think you got? Earl started counting them. And one, two, da, 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 da. I got 27, Forky. How much money I'll get from that, Forky? Forky said, Mr. Wiggs will probably laugh at you, Earl. This is a business. It's not just going out looking for a couple worms to go fishing. Earl said, maybe that's what I should do with my night crawlers, Forky. Forky said, suit yourself, Earl. Well, when nine o'clock came, Forky and the boys across the street and Forky's brother and Earl went over to Mr. Wiggs' sporting goods little store. A little white store across Main Street, Little Bitty by the Dairy King. And Forky goes in there and says, Mr. Wiggs, I got night crawlers. Well, by the time that was all over, Forky had some money. And Forky's brother had some money. And the boys that lived across the Main Street had some money. And Earl said, I don't have any money, Forky. Forky said, you got to pick up more night crawlers, Earl. And that was the last time Earl ever went looking for night crawlers in the early morning after a hard rain. Now for the top 10 55 years ago. That's the top 10 pop songs this week in 1967. Number 10, Little Bit of Soul, The Music Explosion. Number 9, Pleasant Valley Sunday, The Monkees. Number eight by the Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit. Number seven, Mercy, 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 The Buckinghams. Number six, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, Frankie Valley. Number five, Whiter Shade of Pale, Crocal Harem. Number four by the Association, Wendy. Number three, All You Need Is Love by The Beatles. Number two, I Was Made to Love Her, Stevie Wonder. And the number one song for the second week in a row, 
It'll be number one for three weeks in a row by the time it's all said and done. Light My Fire by The Doors. Come on, baby, light. Light my. Try to set. Anyway. About 10 miles to the west of the little old hometown that I was raised in up there in the north central Colorado Rocky Mountains, 8,000 feet above sea level, is a little town that was kind of famous for several reasons. One is had one of the greatest skiers that ever came out of Colorado that was raised up there clear back in the early 1900s. And another reason is that little town had some natural hot springs. There was a little resort and a pool, indoor pool, there right by the Colorado River. It was an indoor pool where the most famous swimming instructor that ever lived in the whole world probably gave swimming lessons. Freaked every little kid out so much that they learned to swim so they could get the heck out of there in that dark, dark water that smelled like rotten eggs. That was the warmest water you ever swam in in your life. That town was a beautiful town. To get to the swimming pool and the resort with the hot springs, you had to cross the river on this old bridge that had wooden floor on it and a clickety-clack when you drove over it. And then there was this nice park that spread out there. The river kind of widened out as it was preparing to go through a canyon as it left town. It was a great place to fish and a great place to have a picnic. And a lot of people liked to go down there. And it was a wonderful thing. That little town also had the county seat where the sheriff's department and all the county government gathered right there in that little town in the courthouse. The school for the east part of the county, the high school, used to be in that little town. In fact, I went to the sixth grade in that very building. Anymore, it's a museum. But my mother graduated from that little school graduated high school. I think there were four of them in her class. If I'm not mistaken, my friend Larry's dad was one of them. Four people in your graduating class. Amazing. I had 38, and I thought that was small. There's also was a ski hill with a ski jump in that little town. Now, back when I was a kid, every little town had a ski hill because there were hills and mountains all around us. And they all had rope toes. But this ski hill with the jump and how high it went and how steep the hill was, was probably the best local ski hill around. And until they built the major ski area, it was the most challenging. And a lot of great skiers came out of that area, including Old Horse. When I went to the sixth grade there, we had to ride a bus. The whole sixth grade year, I rode a bus up 10 miles. We had fifth and sixth grades in that schoolhouse. I have no idea why we had to leave my town to go 10 miles to the Hot Springs town, but we did. And I met a lot of kids that started in seventh grade when we were in the middle school. They came along with us. Randy and Linda and Phil were three of them. I also met some kids that, for some reason, they didn't travel to junior high with us. They must have moved. 
One was Henry, one was Sonny. One was John, I've spoke of him before. One of his front teeth was silver. He is a nice guy, but I remember him for that silver tooth. And he had a brother, Billy, that was in fifth grade when we were in six. As you travel west, continue going west on the highway, as the river leaves that town, it goes through a canyon. And that canyon is a beautiful place with a river and the railroad tracks down below the road. But rocks slide off of that and close the road. And they've even knocked a couple cars off the road into the river. The kids that were raised there had a bond almost stronger than the kids from my hometown, the bond we had. The town at one time had a thriving business district, and it was really the hub of the county. And I'm not sure what changed it. It had to do something, obviously, with how the town I was raised in started to grow and the commerce there became very important to the east end of the county. And some of the old stores started to shutter up in that little town 10 miles away from me. But they always had the pool. In fact, I guess the pool still goes today. Now they closed the old indoor pool. I'm telling you, if you went under the water, you could not see one thing. It was that dark. The sulfur water was very pungent and strong and, and dark of color. But that's where I learned to swim, and so many of my friends that are around my age learned to swim there, too, from old Mr. Short. Like him or leave him, he did teach us to swim. Memories of places of that county where I was raised stay with me and will never leave, and have provided me with many, many warm memories and many friends. So starting in the sixth grade, my world started to expand. More than just going up to the swimming pool, I made friends and understood about the town a little more and the history of the town. Same way with the lake town north of my hometown. Same way with the valley that sat at the foot of the major ski area. The Beatles definitely had it right in their song, In My Life. There are places and people I'll remember for the rest of my life. I don't even want to forget them, and I couldn't if I wanted to. Kindness is a gift from God. Please pass it on. I'll be back next week. Always on a Wednesday morning, I show up. Peace out.